You know, I find myself when I do a podcast and I sit there and say, what am I going to do this week? Am I going to wing it or whatever? Tell you the truth, y'all, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I know a couple things I'm going to talk about, but I don't know what all I'm all going to talk about. I know there's a new trailer coming out. Craven the Hunter has dropped a new trailer today. We're going to review that here on here as well. But before that, only I already know, welcome everyone to another edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I'm your host, the main man, Shelby Green. Excuse me real quick. Swig of water for the working man. Uh, good old bottle of water, bub. Purified drinking water out of the pack for old good old Kroger. Let's go Krogering. Anyway, so once again, I'd like to appreciate all you guys' support for downloading the show, checking it out last week. Not much feedback last week. Um, it is what it is. You know, some episodes are going to do better than others. Um, I really would like for us to get a little more downloads here in the month of June, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Weird month. May was a bigger, longer month, so I was able to get more downloads. That being said, guys, um, a lot of good things are coming on with the podcast. A lot of good things are happening right now. Just a lot of things in general. So it is what it is. Should have announced me here in a couple weeks about something very special, too. That being said, guys, I have came up with a conclusion that um, um, I want also, before I get started on my thing, a little over the place this, to this afternoon or this evening, 7.15 on a Monday. Um, want to let everyone know, happy Father's Day, late Father's Day to every that guy out there that is a father or has stepped up to be one in, certain circ- in any circumstance. Enjoy your day, fellas. And also, it's on Wednesday, happy June 19th. I'm going to put that out there as well. You know what? I'll put it out there and say it. If you got a problem with it, you can kiss my ass, plain and simple. Um, so today we're going to start a couple things off. First off, I didn't address something, but there was a death, another death in pro wrestling a couple weeks back about the Iron Sheik had passed away. Um, didn't really talk about it because I already had an episode recorded and then I recorded another episode and didn't even speak on it. And kind of sucks, to be honest with you, but in 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 closing on this, man, it's it's a situation where I just I am just baffled at what you know you know just it was crazy. The A and E documentary came out about him, and a month later he's gone. You know, the Iron Sheik was a um, arguably one of the greatest villains in the history of wrestling. Um, I mean, my God, without the Iron Sheik, Hulkamania doesn't take off the way it does. I mean, let's be honest. If Iron Sheik doesn't get beaten January in 1984. If he doesn't agree to take the leg drop from Hulk Hogan, the Hulkamania era doesn't start. And it is what it is. So, you know, Sheik deserves a lot of credit. He was a great promo. He had great, he was great on the microphone. Um, I know he's had his issues with addiction stuff. I mean, what happened to his daughter was very, very tragic. I mean, the Sheik was such a great villain. He turned a angry Marine in Sergeant Slaughter, who was one of the best heels in the business, to be a babyface. So basically, it basically plain and simple. Um, it was a you know it's a tragedy for professional wrestling. A lot of people from the '80s or you know a lot of people grew up with the Iron Sheik know how great he was. Historians like me know how great he is. So condolences to his family, and I'm glad he's going to be reunited with his daughter. I'm not going to speak on that, but there is a situation happened to his daughter years ago. I'm just glad that um, you know he's going to get to see her again. So yeah. So rest in peace, the Iron Sheik. So, plain and simple, guys, what we got going on today. Obviously, everybody knows the Flash movie came out this past weekend. I am a huge DC comic fan. I did not get a chance to go see it this weekend. Very busy weekend. 
However, uh, the main event today's show is an AEW Saturday Collision on TNT. They have a new Saturday wrestling show on TNT. And, oh man, here's the thing. I'm going to get into it in a little bit. But first things first, I want to address a couple things. The dark side of the ring. I know I've been promising for a while some bonus episodes. Get them out there. Try to get them out there. Plain and simple, guys. Baseball season for Little Man is about to end, and unfortunately, it got in the middle of this. So, plain and simple, I'm not going to drop bonus episodes or reviews on the show. I'm not going to do it. I just don't. It's just not going to work right now. It's not going to work. And unfortunately, you know, I plan on doing it. I've already called. I'm caught up on every episode. I really enjoy the the season so far. It's very different. But at the same time, it's like I. It's just, it's just. I gotta go back and watch. Like episode four is coming out this week. Is about Matt Bourne who played Doink, the original Dwayne the Clown, and I'm really interested. But the problem is, I feel like with everything going on right now, it's just too much, and I just don't have the time for it. So unfortunately, I know I promised you guys bonus episodes on that. It's not gonna happen. It is what it is. I apologize for that, guys. But we'll figure something out eventually. I'll figure out some way to get you guys interested in some things. That being said, um, so what is I don't really have a big plan coming up the next coming weeks. I'm coming. I'm just. I'm just coming and going at this point. Bad pun intended. <laughs> but I got uh, you know some. You know, went and saw my girlfriend and I went out this past Saturday to our first concert of the year, and I went and saw oh, both Cephas, Hank Williams Jr., the goat in my opinion of country music. I'm a big fan of old school outlaw country. I will continue to be that way until I'm dead in the ground. And Hank has always been one of the people that I've enjoyed. I've always liked his music, and I will continue to like his music. Um, once again, um, for 74 years old, that man, he played the acoustic guitar, the electric guitar, or bass guitar. He played. He was on the, p- the keyboard, and not only that, or piano, and not only that, he also t- wore the hell out of the violin. Played every one of his hits. Had a great, great time listening to Hank. It was a pretty cool experience. Going to be back at uh, the Ruroff Music Center in Noblesville. We're outside of Indianapolis here. He's going to see Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Girlfriend is like, whatever. I'm an old school rockhead. I like old school rock. I love me some ZZ Top. Love blues music. Obviously, we're going to see Jelly Roll in September. I'm very excited about that. Um, obviously, I know I reviewed the documentary. I think last week on the, the podcast, there's a really good documentary. I think you guys should check it out as well. Um, but that being said, I'm telling you right now, there's something about just going to a concert, man, an outdoor concert. It's just incredible to sit down and enjoy it and have a great time. I mean, I really uh, just thank the world of that area. Ruoff, I've been out there three times now. I went and saw Corn and Stand, uh, Stain or Stand, uh, two years ago. And I saw Lamb of God and Megadeth when they did a double tour. And it was incredible. But this was a pretty good show. Not the best concert I've been to. The best concert I've been to was I went and saw Metallica live in 2019. That was pretty impressive. So, yeah. So, anyway, guys, let's get started. Before we get into it, we're going to do uh, review AEW Collision. I'm going to get on here and do a little... We're going to do a little YouTube search. And I've heard that Craven the Hunter is a new... We have a new... A new trailer for Craven the Hunter. It just dropped out. It just dropped out. It just dropped today. Now, can't for some reason my volume will not stick. Uh, I can't mute it when it's ever, whenever I can't. I can't even talk. I have issues. I have issues muting the thing. This whole thing with um, on my laptop. My girlfriend was screwed around with my things and my uh, volume button, so I can't get it right. 
I'm not really good. So I'm gonna play this. If you hear of advertisements, I apologize, guys, but let's see what happens here. Click on it. And actually there is none. So here we go. Craven a Hunter official trailer. death in the face and for the first time I saw my true self tell me about this hunter they say he uses a connection with animals to track his prey I want you on his list there's only one way off there's six of us there's only one of you there's six of you now This evil into the world. I take it out. I think you're some kind of honor. You are exactly like our father. Just another man hunting for a trophy. We're murderers. Isn't that what he taught us? You don't get to do that to me anymore. Mr. Teglin. Mr. Tegley? Where's Mr. Tegley? Oh, you're standing in him. You're a goddamn lunatic. Oh, you just figure that out now? Don't you want to know why they call me the Rhino? Hmm. Okay. All right. So I'll be the first one to state this. Know a little about, about Craven the Hunter. He's a well-known villain for Spider-Man. Keyword villain. Um... I don't get, I don't understand this with Sony. I don't. Okay. So, Morbius. They made Venom. Venom is basically a villain, and they made him an, uh, to a hero or anti-hero. Morbius is a damn villain, basically. And now Craven the Hunter, who is a ma a big villain. I mean, you look at the new Spider-Man game that's coming out by Sony. Spider-Man, basically, that game. Craven the Hunter is the main villain in that. 
can somebody can Marvel can we do something with Marvel Marvel and Sony here guys what is wrong with just doing a comic book story of being a villain I understand that it, I mean if you listen to the trailer you see him they're just like your father they're trying to he's basically become going to become a villain like an origin story here's my thing guys I am more into we don't need an origin story let's just go ahead and do it just go ahead and make Craven Hunter a villain. Introduce him. I mean, you want to be a first. That's one thing about Black Adam I hate him, was the fact that we got Rock, basically Black Adam is basically a, a, a good guy. No, Black Adam's a fucking uh, villain. He battles Shazam, he battles Superman. Like, he he's a big fucking villain. Instead, you give us this bullshit story that he's a good, uh, favorable god or whatever. It's just, I, I'm i going to watch, I'm, obviously I'm going to see him support it. I'm a, I support comic book films no matter what. But this is just something right here that irritates me. Is we, we just get a, a, a good villain story for comics. You can put a good hero in it and it's still going to sell. You could put a solid hero. You tell me you can't do... Put, introduce Craven the Hunter in a spinoff and then put him in one of the Spider-Man because eventually they're going to get, you know, Craven the Hunter. And also they tease Rhino. They, they tease Rhino at the end of it, which I'm excited for. I mean, Rhino's going to get a little bit of his due. Hopefully he'll be better than that bullshit we got in the Amazing Spider-Man films. Good Lord. Overall, though, guys, a part of, I will say this, I really like it, but... I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm the one of those guys where I'm just like, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it got mixed reviews opening weekend. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I just see. It's some of the CGI and some of the fight in the blood looks looks a little fooky or bullshit in my opinion. So, just saying. Just saying. So, with that being said... Let's go ahead and kick this bad boy off. We're going to do a little AEW collision review. So let's go ahead and get this started. So AEW collision, Saturday collision took place Saturday, June 17th at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Um, they had a hard time selling tickets for this. They had a really hard time selling tickets for this. I, I'm going to speak on this before we get into this. If AEW right now is really struggling selling tickets. They barely sold any tickets for... Uh, they put 11,000 people in the T-Mobile Arena. They're... What the fuck? Uh, all right, Price. So, he just sent me... I got his number to my phone on my messenger for some reason on my laptop. Anyway, so... AEW, in my opinion... It's weird because... Every... Um, I lost my train of thought. They're having a hard time selling tickets. They're right now. They are struggling selling tickets right now. People say, "Well, they they're kind of not the biggest thing in town no more." WWE business is thriving. Blah 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 blah. They're, everybody's making a bunch of excuses. The drama with CM Punk. Blah blah blah. Here's the issue with AEW, and this is where I think there's some re- there's a lot of reasons to this. Number one. You're going to bigger arenas when you were selling out smaller arenas. You, eventually, you got to go to bigger arenas. I get it. It started last year in full gear when you went to the um, what center? It's the uh, where the uh, New Jersey Devils play at. Somebody out there know what I'm talking about. They barely they had a hard time selling those tickets. AEW Revolution, they had issues selling those tickets. They had a hard time. Double or nothing. They were giving away tickets for a hamburger and a fry fries. They were giving away tickets. I mean, I mean, and then they go to Chicago. United Center. I was there for Forbidden Door. 
when they sold out the United Center, put 16,000 people in the, the United Center. They, they put 16,000 people there. I mean, it was packed. I was there at All Out 2021, 20, top three pro wrestling shows I've ever been to. When they put 10,000, when they put seven to, what was it, about 8,000 people in the Windhurst Arena in, um, in uh, outside Chicago Hoffman States, I believe the arena is. And also been to two TV tapes at the fairgrounds where they block an area off and they have their can't hard campaign. So I've been to shows. I've been to their shows. And I've always marveled at some of their shows. Their shows live are great. Well, television, they've had their issues. Another thing they can do is I get an email from whatever and I don't care. The Another thing they could do is, and this is just my opinion on things. You can, you know you can say whatever you want to say. Sometimes when you you sell real arenas out and you're doing good business and the television's great on production wise stuff like that. Sometimes you can you know you can get away with bad booking because you're doing good business. You can get away with it, but after a while, people will start well, wrestling fans will see through the bullshit. They'll start seeing through some things. Like for example. I'm a supporter of AEW. I rag on it and I'm hard on it, but I really want them to succeed because the Vince McMahon doesn't even monopoly. I had a friend of mine who I used to work with tell me one time that AEW is five years, is WWE going to be out of business? said, no, they'll never go out of business. And the guy tried arguing, well, AEW has a very watchable product. They probably couldn't. I said, why would you want AEW to put them out of business? Well, I'm not saying that. Okay, well, you're hinting at that they're, they're possibly putting them out of business. They're not going to put them out of business. People will realize this. AEW can never compete with WWE. They never can unless they get certain guys, certain big-name stars. Let's be honest. In professional wrestling right now, there's not maybe but a handful of guys in wrestling that you can go say, yeah, like a Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. And I'm naming WWE guys, by the way. Drew McIntyre. Um, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, some guys on NXT like a Braun Breaker, like a Camelo, a Lamelo Hayes, Carmelo Hayes, excuse me. Guys like that, a Braun Strowman, a Bray Wyatt, Cody Rhodes, certain guys like that. With they jump ship. Then you got it. Now you can say, okay, we're competing. But, and I also think this also, the drama with CM Punk and Elite came out, and I think it hurt business a little bit. It kind of hurt business because people were picking sides. People were tired of the bullshit, the drama. Punk has been, there's been stories about Punk for years. Personally, in my opinion, it's two grown-ass men. Now, a bunch of grown-ass men have a problem with each other. Like Samoa Joe said in, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, a bunch of grown-ass men just get, have an issue with people. They need to get over it and just move along. Plain and simple. And he's right. And ain't neither one of them. And Punk might have a background jiu-jitsu river. Ain't neither ain't anybody in the elite and Hangman Page and Punk and they still going to say a word of Samoa Joe. Because that ain't going to happen. Because Joe will... <laughs> Joe, Samoa Joe can handle his own. We know that story. Now... That being said, let's talk about um, Collision. And after this, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the show because I did enjoy the show. I had a good time. I, I'm going to give you my boss pain on things. I'm going to pick things apart, and I'm going to pull things back a little bit, but we're going to have a good time with this. So opening segment, great pop. I love the Elton John opening song for this. 
So uh, looking for Fire on Saturday Night, whatever it's called. It's a, just a great song, and I'm definitely going to be listening to it on Spotify on the way to work tonight. Do not judge me. <laughs> Let me smell on John. Rocket Man's my shit. So uh, opening crowd, and you get Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on Saturday night, you know, and I'm like, okay, you got arguably the best pro, the best announced team of professional wrestling. You got Nigel McGinnis and Kevin Kelly. In my opinion, Kevin Kelly should have been the guy to replace Jim Ross on WWE years ago, but unfortunately, no, they went with Michael Cole. Michael Cole, since Vince has gotten out of his ear in the last two years, Michael Cole's actually done a hell of a job as a commentator. Michael Cole has grown on me. That being said, open up, of course, everybody can predict who's going to open the show up. CM Punk comes out. He comes out. Must say this. He comes out and he cuts a hell of a promo. Promo was great. There's one thing I will say about Punk. He is a he does draw money. He isn't he is interested. People Punk is gonna draw money. He will he's a guy that you're gonna see what he's gonna do, what he's gonna say. He might burn you out a little bit, but Punk will help your business. It will help. His believability on the microphone, the way he can sell matches. He's actually a really good commentator. Punk is really good at what he does. That being said. Punk comes out, he's got a zip-up jacket on, he's got long tights on, he's got a, ba- a red bag, and he's got a pair of boots, uh, re- old wrestling boots over his shoulders. Basically, talking about why should I change who I am, good promo. Talked about, you know, he, he says, I'm the only one in the business of counterfeit bucks. That was a shot to young bucks, you can tell. Um, he goes, people want me to apologize. If I feel anyway, I'm sorry that you're softer than the wrestlers you like. So that was a shot. In Chicago is a pro-punk city. It's always been that way. And he, you know, whatever. It's Chicago. They love CM Punk. I'm sure if they go somewhere like on the West Coast, I'm pretty sure that the elite will get more love. I don't know. But anyway. So, plain and simple. Punk comes. You know, he cuts a promo and he says, I'm the one. I, I And he talks about, if anybody wants to take these boots away from me is still somebody puts steps up and takes my spot. You can have these boots. I'm not going nowhere. Plain and simple. He says, I'm not going to walk off the sunset. Still got a lot left. And I love what he said. He held a red bag up this belt. Nobody beat me for it or submitted me for it. And I'll make this real clear. I didn't, he goes, and I didn't earn the, I didn't get the belt because I had the best dog collar match. I did it because I won, won the dog collar match. So he's basically talking about MJF. That being said, great segment to open up the show. Crowd was into it, yada, yada, yada. That being said, I'm going to nitpick this. Punk later in the show worked with those long black tights. I like the white tights he had on at All Out last year. I thought those were really cool. because Plus, when you get blood and you got white tights, it's better visually. I like it. I also like the... Um, I had a big. I had a lot of fun with... Uh, Last year at All Out, one or two years ago at All Out 2021, where he had the black tights with the stars on the side, I thought that was a good look. These tights, I did not like them for whatever reason. They had the um, they had the CM Punk and FTR combined thing merch logo where they're doing. Another thing, I don't like when Punk buzzes his hair off. I don't like it. He looks older in my opinion. He and I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying as a fan, he looks sick. He's in better shape than me. There's no question about it, but I'm just saying, he looks comes off as like, what the fuck? People are going to look at it. I like Punk with his hair kind of grown out or slicked back. He's got a little scruff or maybe a beard with some gray in it. That old man Logan look, in my opinion. That's what I'm a fan of, Punk. But that being said, a great, a good signal up on the show. Bleach Report gave it a B plus. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. So we're going to open up the show now. 
And it's for the TNT Championship. We got Luchasaurus with Christian Cage. Luchasaurus is about 6'5", 275. And I thought had a lot of potential, but he's kind of a lost cause now. Against Warlord, a guy that has Tony Khan has fumbled with and fucked with from the moment he got away from MJF. And big guy, they opened the show up. They had the people on their feet. They had a really good match. They saw a lot of power counters, power moves. Luchasaurus did a lot of good things. Warlow has is, is got a lot of athletic ability. He's, he's you know, he's... Warlow looks thicker, too, by the way. It looks like he's put some weight on. He's bulky, bulk up. And also, another thing is, I think Warlow, they cut in Warlow's hair. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But Warlow's new haircut look, I don't like it at all. I think he should grow his hair back out. That, that being said... Uh, Christian did a good job as being a man, uh, maniac heel on the sideline, uh, outside causing issues. Uh, Warlow went for a swanton, hit, hit, a, hit a beautiful swanton. He hits a beautiful swanton. I don't think he needs to do it, but he does it. Warlow was going to win the match, and all of a sudden, he, Christian grabs the camera, smashes his over uh, Warlow's head. Warlow falls from the second rope, stumbling, doesn't know where he's at, trying to stay on his feet. Luchasaurus clubs him in the back, pins him one, two, three. And Luchasaurus has the TNT Championship, and but Christian was the one holding it up. Okay. I thought I'd just throw my fucking glasses on the table. Tony Khan. You took Warlow, the guy. This is now, he's lost the TNT title three times now. Let me give you the timeline. Warlow debuts after MJF turned on Cody Rhodes at full gear. Warlow lays out. Uh, Cody Rhodes. They build up this whole thing as he's the bodyguard. We find out MJF has. Uh, we find out um, later down that year at, during the pandemic that MJF is paying Warlow's bills. Okay, we get that angle. Okay, then you go back and you look at he. They tease Warlow turning babyface this whole time. He they pull the trigger on it and they do a great job of Warlow turning babyface. They build up to double or nothing last year in 2022. They open the show up. Warlow smashes MJF and it was a work of him leaving. He wasn't leaving. Plain and simple. Max was not leaving. It was a work. He won the team. His guys first TNT title with Scorpio Sky and immediately. Warlow's kind of pushed to the side a little bit. He's working here and there, but not much. They put him in a tag team with Samoa Joe. War Joe, they call it. And was a bullshit-ass tag team. Made no sense. Joe turns heel on Warlow. You've seen it coming a thousand ways. It would have been better if you had Joe, of all people. It would have been better if Samoa Joe had basically struck, not got an opportunity. And, and then had a match with Warlow down the line. They go to full gear in 2022. Warlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Samoa Jonah three-way. Okay, intriguing. I got my attention. And of course, what happens? Warlow loses the TNT title. Joe pins Hobbs. They Another guy that Tony Khan don't know what the fuck to do with. Then they go to television. They have a rematch for it in San Antonio, Texas. I believe it was San Antonio. Warlow gets jumped from behind during the before the match. He goes out there. Joe chokes him out, wins. Warlow gets up. Joe being a heel knocks him out with the belt, and then they cut his hair. Now here's the thing: Joe taking it as a symbol of trophy, and then the following week or a couple weeks down the line, you find out Warlow comes out and says the reason why I grew my hair out because my dad died of cancer, and I told Joe a story. Joe took that my hair from me. That would have been a great story if we known about it before that. Instead of doing a pre-tape, a pre-tape interview with Jim Ross, you could have done it out in the middle of the ring. But Tony Khan doesn't. Tony Khan swears he books things, but 
this happens here when this should happen here and that should have happened there, but this happened then. That's how Tony Khan's booking is. And I'm getting louder, as you can tell, because I'm getting irritated. Warlow gets the belt back from Samoa Joe, finally. Then he has a match with Powerhouse Hobbs on television. QT Marshall, they screw Warlow, and he loses the belt again. Then he gets the belt back a couple weeks later as Arn Anderson's new manager. Now I'm thinking, then he gets, a, then he goes to double or nothing against Christian Cage in a ladder match. They had a really good ladder match, in my opinion. I had some issues with it. Go back in the archives, listen to the episode. Warlow wins that match. Then they do this angle where Arn Anderson is his new coach, and they, they take him away from him. He's now on ringside, and he loses again. So, let me get this right. You're going to continue to push this narrative. This guy was, you never, the first time anybody had seen this guy, he was never been on WWE television, no mainstream wrestling. He hasn't even worked Japan, I think, or Mexico. And you turn around and you fumble this? And you wonder why people aren't, they have people chant Wardlow like Goldberg. They went back to that old generic ass theme that, Disturb riff off theme he's got instead of the one he had which had a better tune to it you get away from that like I you know I mean I said before when they they, they gave Luchasaurus a fresh coat of paint made him a monster and of course at Full Gear last year he lost a Jungle Boy in a steel cage like anybody's gonna fucking believe that uh, Jungle Boy gonna beat Lucas, Luchasaurus a 6 foot 5 monster in a steel cage god the wrestling's just so ass backwards now and nobody, ble- and then you beat him. I mean, it's like, and then he beats Wardlow. What Christian Cage is hell. I know what they're doing here. They're they're giving Christian Cage that manager, and Wardlow's gonna win the TNT title. Here's my thing. First off, I would never fucking book this angle. I would have had Wardlow kept the t- after he won the title the second time. I would have kept it on him longer, and maybe if he dropped it then on this show this night, it would have meant more. But instead, you had him drop it here. Your that title has been defended. Kevin Kelly said best. It's been that title's been defended 84 times, and it has been it switched hands 18 different times. The last great TNT champion we had was Miro, and then Sam and Scorpio went back and forth with it. See, here's my thing: if you're in a feud, like a long-standing feud, and you're trading a title back and forth, I got no problem with it, no problem with it at all. But when it's bouncing from this guy to this guy, to that guy to that guy, it don't make sense. Like Joe dropped the title to say, uh, Darby Allen, then won it back, and then he dropped it to the Warlord. Like, how's what? the fuck I mean I can think of some guys right now like Warlow if I'm if I'm him I'm thinking man what the fuck you know I, and I know he's happy to have a job he's working on television I mean he's making more money probably he's ever seen in his life and I get it but I'm if I'm Triple H and WWE I'm sitting there thinking like let that guy's contract run out let me grab him and let bring him in here He's a big guy that has a lot of ability but the problem I have with Warlow the one issue I have for one He's not a great talker. He has a good presence. But the thing I feel like he was missing, he cut his hair. I didn't like. Sometimes a haircut can make you look great or make you look really just bland and the same. And Wardlow looks the same outside of his physique. He looks thicker. Um, I don't like the single look. I think Wardlow should go to a more badass look. I think if I was him, I would take Wardlow. And this is the only, this is just an idea I thought of earlier watching Collision while I was sitting on the fucking toilet. And by the way, the match was okay. If honest, it, I mean, um, I have no problem with. Uh, I mean, Bleacherboard gave it a grade of a B minus. I'm gonna give it a fucking C, and that, that's just how I am about it. Um, I, 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 I just, I'm just, uh, I don't, I. Oh my god, I just don't know. Oh my god, my head just hurts. But what I would do is this: 
I take I take Warlord off of television. He lost the title of Dynamite. You don't see him on Dynamite. You don't see him on Collision. You don't see him on Rampage. Two weeks later, two weeks later, he shows up on Dynamite. There's a match going on in the ring or whatever. Who would know? It could be a good solid feud. Warlow runs out and he lays both these motherfuckers out. Just lays them out. And he runs at the back. And Arn Anderson is trying to, and for whatever reason, we don't see Arn. Then he comes back out again later. Then about top of the hour, Warlow does it again. He lays them out. Okay? Arn Anderson finally catches up to him. He's like, man, what you, and he's trying to get a hold of him. Warlow storms off. He's pissed off. Rampage the following night. The following taping up Rampage on Friday night. Same thing. Opening show, middle or the end of the show, or actually the end of the show, Warlow comes out in a higher profile match, leads two guys land, and you end the show, Warlow stand over looking like a badass. Okay. Next thing you do. So finally, collision, we're going to hear from Wardlow. Arn Anderson, we can do this in the ring segment with Tony Schiavone. Have Schiavone in the ring with Arn Anderson. I don't know what's happened. And I would have Arn talk about I haven't. Warlow has been out. He's been out of control. He's a monster right now. He, the war dog. He's at. I tried to contact him for a couple weeks. Can hold him. I, he shows television. He's on a rampage. He's leaving guys land. Blah blah blah. And Arn could deliver that promo. He goes, I like the aggressive side of him, but sometimes you need to tame a beast. And right now, what you know, Arn can cut that promo that can get over. Arn's one of the greatest promos of all time. Wardlow comes out, no music. He gets to the ring at a fanatic pace, not storm like he's gonna kick somebody's. He gets in the ring, and Arn goes, "What's going on?" And Wardlow grabs that microphone, and I would have somebody like an Arn, maybe a Jake Roberts backstage, somebody or Punk even that can give him a promo that makes him say, "I'm tired of this bullshit. I've been fumbled with. I've been every time somebody gets in the ring, they gotta cheat to beat me. Nobody could beat me fair and square. I'm fed up." I'm tired of always being the guy that's labeled with the TNT title. I'm sick of this shit. Just something. And have him say, I'm going after the world title. Either that, Tony Khan, or I'm going to lay guys out till you give me what I want. And then you can find somebody that can step, like, you know, as a heel or somebody to get his attention that he just lays out and can beat up. Or you can turn Ward low a heel, make him a heel. And down the line, when Punk and MJF meet for the world title, which is going to happen if it switch hands, then Wardlow can go after fucking Punk. And by the way, get rid of the singlets. And I would have him put, I would have Wardlow, as he, he dresses really well in a suit. He looks good in a suit. He looks really good in a suit. But I would have Wardlow start wrestling in like, not blue jeans, but something similar to that. Like I would have him wear like a long tights, maybe with a different, uh, like, Tights that look like jeans, but they're not. You know what I mean? Something that he can move around in, and I would have him wear like wear bat like a tank top where he can rip off and pull his shit off. I mean, the sympathy still gets along with people and everything else, but it's just, I mean, they're gonna fuck around and they're gonna make it even worse. But that's just an idea I thought of. It maybe not be the best idea, but something to that. Then we go backstage at the show collision. Back to it, we see Powerhouse Hop and QT Marshall. They announced that he's going to be in the Owen Hart tournament, face TNT. Good, Hobbs did a good promo, got to the points. QT finishes it off. There's another guy right there. Never been seen on WWE television. Never been on mainstream television. Looks like a brick house. Powerhouse Hobbs. I break backs. Another guy Tony Khan don't know what to do with. Next match of the night, we get Buddy Matthews versus Andre Eldoldo. Eldoldo, excuse my language. And this was a great, this was, if you want high spot wrestling, this is your thing. And I'd be honest with you, I can watch highlights of guys going back and forth 
with they when they look like athletes. These two guys, Buddy Matthews and Andreas, Andrea, they look like badasses. They look like they're in shape. They go out there. They give it their all, blah, 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 blah. That being said, I had a really, really good time with this. Good time with this. Great match. Both uh, guys were brawling. I mean, they were getting checked. They brought the doctors involved with this, getting checked on. They, I mean, they gave it all the world. And um, little homage, Andrea got. They did a story where Buddy's knee was bad, and he had. They sold the knee, and they did a good job. And by the way, they were moving around quick, but they were they were telling they were telling a good story that Buddy's knee was screwed up. Andreas was working him really well. There's a couple things I didn't like, but overall, I love the finish. Andreas gets a figure four on him, and he slaps a figure eight like his wife, and Buddy taps out. Um. Uh, Andreas sticks his fist like a hand out to shake his hand, Buddy, and Buddy doesn't shake it. Plain and simple. The lights go out. Malachi Black and Burger King are in the ring. Burger King lays them out. And if it's what I think it is, they're going to. It's basically set up a trios match between House of Black and LIF, LFI, and I'm all for it. That being said, um, I love the mask and robe that he had. Um. Um. I think. I mean, Kevin Kelly made a made a mistake. I did love the double boom spot, um, the entrance where Andre he messed up Andre's name it is what it is. Uh, the double moon spot, the double moon salt spot was really caught me. It kind of made me pop and sit up on my seat, got me into it. And the, the counter to the slingshot DT looked looked incredible. And all of that also, I will say this: Julia Hart, the aka the Stevie Nicks of professional wrestling. She has came a long way. She has a really good presence at ringside, and she is perfect in the House of Black role. Their gimmick is just totally switched, and I love it. Then we go back, and we see Tony Stark. Uh, uh, Ricky Stark's another guy that I am a fan of. Cuts a promo about him being the Owen Hart, uh, Owen Hart tournament. He's going to be in it. It's going to be absolute. So Owen Hart and Powerhouse Hobbs are the first two guys to be claiming that. We're going to see how that goes. Next up, Miro versus Tony Nese. Miro's long way in-ring return. And Tony Nice comes out. We're, I'm gonna cancel the show. We're all gonna do this. And Miro comes out to a great ovation theme. The Redeemer he comes out and he looks like a bass. And I will make this clear for the opening show. CM Punk is a name. Like, I'm gonna give this a, a call. CM Punk is a name that shows up. He looks like a professional wrestler. I mean, he's got history. Whatever. Next up, Luchasaurus comes out. He's ripped. He's in shape. Christian Cage, a well-known name, looks looks like he's dressed for the part. Wardlow, even though I had issues, he still looks like a wrestler. Andre and Buddy Matthews, both in great shape. They look fantastic. And then you get Miro and Tony. Tony Nese looks good, and then here comes Miro. I mean, presentation-wise, you wonder why your ratings are down? There you go. Anyway, this wasn't really a squash match like I thought it was. Nice got some offense in, but Miro kicked his ass and got him in with the lot, got him in with the, uh, the camel clutch. And I like Miro as a baby face, and I hope this goes forward. The Redeemer is back. Thank God. I had a good time with this. And he's going to be a baby face by default at this point, so because nobody's going to be because people love him. And also, Nisa's cartwheel off the apron was nice. It was smooth. I did like that. Outcast versus Sky Blue and Widow Nightgale. I got to be honest with you guys, I fast forward through this. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I just, I, I, I. I just, I'm just. Willow Nightingale's got a lot, a lot of potential. She's got, she's got some, she's got charisma. She's likable. The Outcast, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, they're a good group, I guess. 
And Sky Blue is going to be one of those girls that gets people over, gets the other females over. So it was a good match. Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale get the win in their hometown. Um, and Willow's pounce to Ruby on the outside. I did catch that was badass. Where she looked like Ruby got the shit knocked out right on the gargoyle. Outside of that, whatever. Then it's main event time. CMFTR, CM Punk and FTR versus Samoa Joe, Jay White, Juice Robinson. And also before that, the claim had a quick promo with, with Tony Schiavone before the main event took place. Good promo talking about they're going to do some great things, blah, 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 blah. That being said, let's talk about this. And I will make this real clear to you guys. Had a really good time watching this match. Juice Robinson is really good. Jay White's really good. Joe, I've always been a fan of Samoa Joe. FTR is the best tag team in the world. I love, I mean, like I said, CM Punk is, is he's a name in wrestling. And he's he's going to draw you money, so he caught my attention. I popped uh, with the Punk and Joe standoff, and it just made me feel like, and here's the thing that really upsets me with Punk. Jay White is in shape. Juice Robinson looks good. Joe looks like a badass. And FTR, they're ripped. And by the way, Cash Wheeler, nice griller press spot with I think it was Jay White or was it Juice? I can't remember what either one of them, but it was he it was a great gorilla press spot. He got him up high extended was able to turn. He looked good. It just bothers me. I know Punk is really lean and I know he's big on his his resume with his diet. I know he's I believe he's a vegetarian or a vegan. And I respect anybody that does their thing. I get it. I just wish he hadn't cut his hair. I just I just like him with his hair slicked back or he's growing his hair out a little bit. I get maybe he just wants a new look. I understand. I just hope he grows his hair back out. I really do. But Joe, actually, the match was great when it gave it. They had a lot, a, a long time. Uh, JR, Jim Ross was on the call. JR's been sick. Um, he, he couldn't get his voice real high. The pop of the night was when Joe got the tag in, and him and Punk stood off. And I remember, and Punk fucking Jim, Punk got pushed back and he got his ass kicked. And Joe would have, Punk got in for a comeback, gave two beautiful body slams to uh, Juice Robertson, Switch, and Jay White. Joe got in, had a rear naked choke, and it looked like Punk was going to pass out. And FTR was being held back by Juice. Cash got free. Dax went for in a beautiful save in his back. This led to Robinson getting hit with a shatter machine. And then the GTS, one, two, three, and we closed the show with that. Now, I will say this. Collision felt really good. I love the lighting of the red, the red, the light red lighting they have. I like the stage they got. Um, it just felt like I love the commentary. It felt different. And by the way, also... There's a Twitter video out there of the rundowns when Alex Scalper's doing a rundown of what's going on at Rampage on Friday and the next week's episode of Dynamite, and Kevin Kelly does the rundown his on Collision. Two totally different. Excalibur's going boom, 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 fast and getting through quick, and then here's and here's Kevin Kelly, who you can tell has been doing this for 25 years. He's breaking down match after match. He's getting the pinpoints. And remember when they said this? Remember when they did that? That's professional wrestling. So overall, like the stage, love the lighting. Crown Chicago was great. Outside of the bullshit, uh, the bad booking of Wardlow, which isn't nobody's—I mean, it's nobody's fault in the ring. It's just Tony Khan's booking. I—that's the main issue I have with that. I'm, you know, whatever. Punk's look—I'm not a fan of, but he got this. He's—he looked good in the ring, and he looked good. He's good on the mic, great on the mic, like always. Miro looked like a badass. Andrea and Buddy Matthews had a great. Uh, Buddy Matthews had a great match. Women's match for the spots I saw or I fast forward through, I it was what it was. But the main event delivered for the night, the match is sold the show. So overall, on an A to F schedule, I'm giving this a solid A. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Excuse me. I know you know what? I'll give it an A. I will give it an A. I'll give it an A, man. I had a good time with it. I'm looking forward to Saturday nights. Now here's the thing: AEW now has program on Wednesday nights that live. They tape Rampage for Fridays, and now I guess Collision will be live on Saturdays. I'm gonna take a drink of this water real quick. 
Here's the thing, guys. And people can say what they want to say. They might agree with me. 8 o'clock start time on Saturday nights. I'm not going to be able to watch it. While I am very excited that it's on Saturday night, I get that. I understand that. But they kicked this off in the middle of summer when you know damn well WWE has their pay-per-views or premium live events. I hate that. They're going to have... They got that on their... Obviously, their Saturday... They got their Saturday slots now. SummerSlam is coming up on August 5th, which I am going to in Detroit, and I'm very excited about that. Another thing is this, too. So now you're going to have a show on 8 o'clock primetime on Saturday night. Who, who's going to be out Saturday night for primetime wrestling? This isn't... I look, look, the 605 days for Georgia Championship Wrestling or the WCW Saturday night, the 605 on TBS, those days were great, man. They were great memories. But the audience today doesn't want to see that. You will have more people watching the reruns than anything. So I hope it works. They're giving, I mean, TBS is giving, and TNT are giving these guys, you got two hours on TNT. Oh, sorry. Three hours on TNT with Rampage and Collision now. And now you got two hours. They got five hours of television building up stuff. And now that also, you got to realize they got All In coming in Wembley Stadium. And they got All Out in Chicago coming up, I believe. I mean, they have got everything going for them in the situation where it's like they got a chance. They got the production, the money behind them, and they're getting paid. They're paying people. But at the same time, the shot, AEW needs an angle or something to give them a shot in the arm. They need something. Something has to happen where there has to be an episode where one or two things weekly, something sparks interest, something makes sense, something happens, something happens, and it gets people talking. That's the only way AEW can keep get back to where they were at. Well, it's not the cool thing anymore. People die off of everything else. Yes, I understand that things change if the audience gets bored. That being said... How about we stop signing the guys they got? They keep re-signing, you know, signing guys away unless there's a big name coming up. Just keep the same guys you got and just develop them, build them up. For example, Juice Robinson, Jay White, they, you know, people were bitching about Jay White's booking. What have they done with They've not done anything with Jay White. He has made the first show of Collision. The first episode of Collision with CM Punk and FTR, the world tag team champions and the number one guy in the business, in the company. And he was tag teaming with Juice, a guy from Japan who had a really well-respected run. And Samoa Joe was a badass. So it was a good main event. And I also like the fact that the presentation, just everything, like even the graphics on their entrances look different than Dynamite. It feels like a completely different show. It really does. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, guys, we're going to close this program today with this. Um, looking forward. Hopefully this week coming up, I'll have a flash review for you guys. And just remember the one key thing about all my episodes when I ended like this. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up. Have a good one, y'all.